This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone. This is Raoul Pal, the CEO and co-founder of Real Vision, and welcome to my podcast, Every week, I'm lucky enough to speak to tons of smart and innovative people in the financial game. I get so much insight from these conversations, and that's why I wanted to start this podcast, so I can share that knowledge with you. I hope you learn from the discussions, and you can always find more in-depth content at realvision.com. Enjoy the show. Brand, fantastic to get you on Real Vision. Good to be here. You came onto my radar screen all of a sudden, when um, Punk6529, who we both know, revealed his open metaverse, his OM project. And I was kind of blown away by the experience. And then I figured out, okay, who created this? And I saw it was you. And I thought, I have to speak to you Um, because you've done something really special. Yeah, I mean it's it's not totally correct that we created this. It, it's it was co-created with with Punk Six Five Two Nine, and the whole idea is that we have a platform that allows uh, creators, architects to like pull in their resources and to create experiences on top of of like uh, 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 on top of our tech. Um, and so Six Five Two Nine, yeah, it's your tech that I was really interested in the on cyber stuff. Super yeah. good. Yeah. Um, before we get uh, into all of that, I just want to hear a bit of your story. How did you get into all of this? What's the story behind it all? How did you start in the industry even? Yeah, I mean, I started programming early on and got interested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies like as a as as a tech like a, as a techie pretty early, um, but didn't get in for a while. Um, I went on when I was eighteen and joined the program in San Francisco that would um, give the opportunity to young uh, people to like not forego college and to just do whatever like they might want to do in life. And so that's when I started going to like Bitcoin meetups and that was in 2015. Um, but still at the time, like I saw a lot of angst in like the people building in the, in the cryptocurrency like space. So didn't directly get in. I was a bit scared too. Went on and built a bunch of other projects. I've been building stuff for a long time. And so uh, built different things in different areas. Then um, well, my, my family is in the art world, so like when NFTs popped up on, on my radar, I directly knew that this was something that could completely change uh, the way creatives and collectors could, could interact because it's something that's always troubled me that uh, the, 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 the imbalance in power for creators uh, versus like art dealers, galleries, etc. And I, th- I thought that, that, that NFTs could be a way for people to get power back. Of course, like art world, traditional art world is pretty centralized. Uh, NFTs are the are on top of decentralization, so like completely away um, to change the tr- traditional art world. And so the idea was like that there were a few uh, platforms for people to be able to tell their stories with with their art, with their NFTs, uh, but none that were very frictionless. So there was all these big metaverse companies, uh, and I like to call them top to bottom metaverse companies that have all these encompassing features, but like maybe aren't specific to like actual specific needs. And and the, the the biggest need I saw in in the early landscape of the metaverse was to showcase your digital assets and immersive experiences in 3D and VR. Um, but the only way to do that was to buy land on one of these platforms and to get an architect to build on top of that land. And 
it was just very hard for all the newcomers that we would welcome into the space. So we decided to go out with a solution for people to like get in within five clicks and no capital at all, display their assets, their digital assets and, and immersive experiences and share them with friends in the easiest way possible. Uh, started there. And since then, I think I've been uh, pretty proud to call ourselves like a bottom-up metaverse company because we had this like initial need that people had in, in the metaverse early on and just been building on top of that need based on feedback and, and product iterations. What blew me away was the rendering in the browser because, you know, we've got a HQ in crypto voxels and it, it's shit, right? And Decentraland, they're all terrible. And suddenly I just saw what you'd built with on cyber and I'm like, you just changed the entire game. How did you... Was that an existing technology or that you built upon or did you develop that yourself, the whole you know, browser rendering? Because the, the quality is almost like it's an Unreal Engine-generated imagery, but it's not. And it's so fast and it's, it's seamless across your mobile, your desktop. I mean, it's extraordinary. How the hell did you do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like one, one thing that we have that's special compared to this other, the, the, the other uh, players that you talked about is that we... Our, we kind of built our own 3D engine, uh, of course, on top of open source tech. So like, I think the most part of our 3D engine is 3JS, which is open source, like open source graphics library in the browser that is amazing and has been doing incredible work for all of this, this, this to happen. Um, but yeah, like we kind of have a lot of flexibility as to what we can render and how we can render it. Um, and also like another big part is that we partner with incredibly talented uh, architects and make our engine be as like flexible as possible to like take those architects work and render them in the browser and i think that's that's the that's, that's what gets us this this output is like the flexibility and being able to work with such talented people and also you know i've seen some of the other things you're developing you know the ability to have like twitter space style experiences where you can go with your nft as your pfp and hang out with a bunch of people in a room and both chat in audio and chat in written, I mean, that feels like it's kind of game-changing. Yeah, and I mean, like that's exactly what I mean when I talk about us as a bottom-up metaverse company. We had no idea this was what people needed uh, as we were building stuff. At first, it was just a product for people to display their assets, again, very simple one, um, and have just been catching and, 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 and been in touch with our, our, our community for more than a year and just like learning from every single release that we do and have like a very... Um, a, a very uh, intense feedback loop, loop between uh, what we build and what we what we build it for, who we build it for. And so as we went, it started being obvious that people wanted to connect in these spaces. The skeuomorphism makes it very easy for people to like feel feel proximity with people, although they're they're on on the internet in a browser uh, on a screen or or through a VR headset. And of course, the VR headset makes the proximity even more important. Um, and so the first use cases that we saw was like, okay, we build tech and, and we're going to ask users what, what they want to do with this tech. So the first use case was Twitter space style conversations in these spaces and holding, I don't know, guided tours, bringing people into a space, speaking about digital assets, which is something that is very strong. Um, like I, I think uh, this the, the whole NFT boom is because like we've all found an interest in art in the digital form and are able to connect around this art. So I think that the fact that people are able to like connect in a voice, like in a more presential manner in these spaces is was an important one. But then we saw like music events, like music concerts, et cetera. And I I'm I'm I used to be a DJ kind of like for as a hobby and I've DJed a few times in the spaces and it's been 
quite incredible. Like I DJed on 6529's roof, for example, on the on OM's so, on the museum district's roof. It was quite an interesting experience. And I mean, like, again, I, I think we, we don't have it all figured out. And I think that in this space, anyone who tells you they have it all figured out about what the metaverse is, I, 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 would, well, I wouldn't believe too much about, about it. But we know that, like, we run experiments. We're very open-minded as to what they can become and just try things out. And when they work, we make them work. If not, we can drop them and go on to other uh, ideas. Uh, but like this, for example, when I... When I would DJ in physical events, um, and when I DJed in, in six five in, in, in this uh, rooftop um, with like all my my roof uh, people, all the roof friends, it was as special as it is when you when you DJ in a physical space. And I don't know exactly why. I don't know exactly. I don't know exact the exact intricacies of why it makes it more special that you're out there and there's an actual DJ set in front of you and there's actual people in front of you. But it truly felt like I, when I finished, it, it lasted three hours and a half. And when I finished, it really felt like we all had lived this moment together, almost as if it was a physical party. Were you using VR for that or did you just use a, the normal screen? Not even. I, I had a, so I, I had a, a, like a DJ set on my computer, like virtual, virtual DJ, which is the thing I learned how to DJ with when I was 11 years old. Uh, and so like I had this downloaded on my computer and I had, my, just my computer screen open and the DJ and the, 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 the DJ uh, deck next to it. And I mean, like, it just felt, I mean, the immersiveness doesn't need, you don't need to be in VR. I mean, like, th there's a lot of things to provide immersiveness and this feeling of, like, being connected to people in a physical space, although you're through a screen. Uh, and I don't think that, like, VR is, def is that needed. I think there's so many other factors that come in place that just make people feel at in, in a physical space and feel the connection with others and i think but on cyber is is vr compatible as well yeah. isn't it yeah for sure it is it is i mean that's super cool you just you interact with whatever way you want and as you said it's it's hugely immersive yeah yeah and i mean the idea again like the this choice of technology ever since the start was that we were we, we would be able to um to just be accessible to anyone possible. Again, as, as we started, so I, I started building this company from Morocco. Um, and, and like, I, I thought like the idea would be that anyone across the world, whatever their device capabilities, whatever their internet connection, whatever their capital, I guess, when they're creating a gallery would be able to use the product, not just anyone like that's close to like some server farms that can do pixel street, like they, they can consume pixel stream content, or it was really to be accessible to all. Um, and so, the choice of technology made it so that this this very same experience can run exactly the same way in mobile and VR and in desktop from uh, the, the suburbs of Mor from anywhere in Morocco or in Africa and in the same way as anywhere in the US. Uh, so it, it the choice of tech was exactly for that, um, and I think we made a pretty good one. Yeah, I mean, I I think you've kind of changed the whole game. I don't know if you know it yet because you've you know because you've you've been building it, so you, you don't really see what you've done. But the moment I saw what you'd done, I thought you've changed everything here because not only was the experience great and the ability, as I said, to move across any way I want to look at it, and I could even do it in VR. But then I think there was another big breakthrough was the this community element because Discord is so shit. And here we can go and have, and we're going to do it with Real Vision. So we're talking to um, Punk6529 about you know creating this for our NFT community so that's where they can meet. So we can have, you know, all hands meetings and you can talk about stuff in a way that feels more 
in person than a Twitter Spaces or some other thing. Yeah, and I mean, just the fact that we can tap into so many more dimensions than a product that's not native to Web3 or than the physical world itself as well. Like the fact that we can do token gating embedded in the physical pro proximity. And the, we're really just at the start of what we're doing. Um, the idea was, again, like to start um, to, to just build the very first layer of what can it could what it what it could become, and then let this this the, the the community tell us where to go next, and stay very very connected and 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 down to earth, and 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 have some type of have have a very strong connection with our community members to make sure we always fulfill their needs and their actual real life needs. And how have you formed a community? Have you kind of tokenized yourselves, or how have you got a community around on cyber? We haven't yet, um, but what the, the way we formed the community is just to build the most accessible uh, tools possible. Um, so the idea again, like we wanted to build the best product we could, the most frictionless product we could, and people have uh, rallied around this product through different communities, whether that's with Artifact and and the the, the Clonexes. I don't know if you've seen that, but. They built, a, with Artifact, we built two uh, different spaces. Um, and I think that the first space that we built with Artifact was the biggest onboarding event for Metaverse creators probably ever. We airdropped like... I've not, I've not seen it. Yeah, it's a very, very special. So it was right before the Nike acquisition. Um, and so that's, I think, put even more um, like fire on the, on the kettle. But yeah, essentially, like all their holders got the space airdropped to them. Um, that they could go into on cyber and play with. So it also in terms of like how a brand connects with their audiences and their 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 fans is a very very interesting concept that I believe is revolutionary. But ha we haven't really tapped that much. So essentially, what happened is Artifact created designed this this space pod, this thing called the space pod, which is like a, almost like an apartment, but uh, an, an Artifact's brand, and uh, airdropped it to all of their holders, so all the Clonex um, holders. Then you had 9,000 editions of a certain space that belonged to each one of these Clonex. Uh, and they were able to use that space, so use Artif Artifact's brand image, merge it with their NFTs and their personality and like the NFTs that they collect and, and their taste, etc., and just build one experience that is their metaverse home. Onboarding-wise, it was the most incredible event we've ever run. Um, and just like as a as a first test of like one big brand interacting with their community through this like branded Instagram profile. Because if anything, um, OnCyber is very much of a social identity layer in Web3. Someone will use an OnCyber space to describe who they are in Web3 and what NFTs they collect and where, what, what really they believe in, in a sense. Like if you go into my OnCyber uh, space, you'll understand so much more about who I am than going through my Instagram profile. Because on my OnCyber space, you have my taste, you have what artists I like, you have... Um, what communities I'm a part of, all in all under one roof, um, and so with Artifact, same thing. Like we went, and Artifact was able to just give um, nine thousand branded Instagram profiles to their community, and their community was able to play around with Artifact's brand image in their own home um, and mix it with their own identity to create something unique out of nine thousand. So we have nine thousand people that have pods, but all of them are unique because of. The, the way they decorated these buds. It feels to me that this is the next phase of what a website is. I don't think websites exist in 10 years' time because I can just give you a coordinate and you can create these incredible, unique experiences that are much more interactive, intuitive, and deeper, as you say. You know, It can really get across a brand or a person or a 
band or whatever it is. Yeah, and, and I think that generally, I think the idea of a brand is to be able to create experiences for your community. Um, like we see it a lot in, in Web3, but in general, even in the luxury market, you see a lot of brands in the luxury uh, sector just being experience creators for their audiences in general. And that's the brand that they sell to them. And then the clothes are part of it, but it's more about the experience. And so I think that the way that a brand could make an experience be felt in the digital space is so, so much more interesting and intricate with a 3D space than with a 2D space, obviously. There are so many more dimensions that you can tap in and, and social connections that can be, be made um, in the in the in the, the the metaverse, I don't use the word metaverse that much, although like it's very contradictory because I do work in uh, on a metaverse company. But uh, generally, like this this immersive web is a way for people to just have more dimensions to play with, to communicate ideas and to communicate brand and and identity and personality. Uh, so I do I do believe so that uh, as well that the future of the web is definitely immersive and those brands people. Um, communities will be interacting and, and showcasing who they are through 3D spaces, for sure. I've been thinking this through. Do we even need buildings and kind of spaces in the traditional sense? Because 3D can be kind of limitless if we take the restrictions of what we know from the world around us. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we're still at, at a very early phase. And I think that people still want to have some type of skeuomorphism and feel a connection to the real world. Like if they go into a space that's completely conceptual and we have quite a few spaces that are conceptual in the works that could never happen in the real world or in this current universe. Um, but I'm not, not in this current universe. We never know, but like not in the real world. Um, and so pe people don't connect that much, at least for now, don't connect that much with these spaces. Then they connect with something that's very skeuomorphic and reminds them of the real world. So like, I think that the fact that at least for the moment, um, most of our users have like come to on cyber so that they could feel like th these, these assets are real because they are. There is a tangibility on these, these assets. It's recorded on chain, uh, but it's not understandable for every single person in the world that those assets are tangible and real. And so I think that on cyber like just pushes even more this, this narrative that these assets are real assets that exist and seeing them in 3D with a border, with like uh, a frame, etc., just makes it m even more real. So... I think that for the moment, the more abstract conceptual places would just take away a bit from that, that, that need for people to feel the tangibility of these assets and feel the, real, the, the reality of these assets. But I think it will come as the use cases, we explore more use cases. And Yeah, I guess it's just one step too far for people to onboard into something entirely new. You need to kind of lead them there. So talk to me about the, the decentralization and the kind of Web3 integration, because there's metaverses or immersive experiences, and then there's Web3 immersive experiences. What's the difference and what are you guys working well, on? Well, I mean, first off, all the, all the asset stack is is decentralized assets. Um, we don't intend to like stay only on decentralized assets forever, but at least people can come play around with assets that they, they would be able to play around with in any other platform that has a Web3 integration. Um, number two, I think what's very important for us in the fact that we are Web3 native is that everything we do answers to the web3 ethos of like being open of trying to trying not to hold too much power in our hands of trying to like let users export their metadata and that's something we have planned uh, over time uh, of letting um of, of like being on top of standards that are open so for example every single one of our 3d asset uh, 3d spaces are on top of the gltf standard which is an open standard for the web for um, 3d models um and so all of those are stored 
like transparently in, the, in, in on IPFS. Anyone can go and download them, and usually, if you own it, like you have the right to use it anywhere you want. There's no there's no restriction as to like uh, what you can do with it. So, I think that the fact that we are the, the whole team, the culture, our mission is very well embedded in the Web three. Uh, the web three ideals makes it very easy for us to keep on like innovating while keeping the same values and and staying on a good path to decentralization and of course like i think that community community ownership will come at some point um we've seen projects all around that have done that too fast and we don't want to be doing that too fast um i think great we've We've made a lot of progress until now. The idea is to like bring NFTs to the world. I think we have a very strong appeal for for people in in the mainstream to understand what NFTs are through these immersive experiences that play around with NFTs and make them more real. So the idea wouldn't be to blow this off before we're able to achieve mainstream scale. Um, and so, of course, like it will come. We're going to keep our our big ideals of decentralization and keep on trying to do everything we can in the open. Um, but we're not going to rush. Uh, community ownership or a token or anything like that. So how many of you are on cyber? How many, how many people? <laughs> well, one, on one, would, one would think we're more than 100, um, but we're not. We're uh, actually only 20 people, 20 in, in a bit. How the hell How the hell have you done that? This is. I heard this as well when I was speaking to uh, 6529. Yeah. I'm like, how the hell did you do this with so few people <laughs> and so fast? How long did it take you? It's a, it's an interesting one, and I think that goes into management. And and so we were born in a remote world. Like we started during COVID and started uh, our interactions as a team in a remote world. Actually, we got uh, to about sixty thousand users when we were just two people. It was me and one other dev uh, whose name is Abdullah uh, building the the product, and we had one other person help us to do community stuff and and Discord, etc. But like we were just to design, dev, um, community, marketing, whatever that might be. We've never done marketing, but I'll still call it marketing. You had a kind of minimum viable product yeah, yeah, at that of course. point. With yeah, two just, of just two of us for the first six months. And I, I didn't want to go raise money or go and hire too many people before I was 100% sure that this was the meaning that we were supposed to, like, that we had a clear mission for any, everyone to, to get on board it. I'm very intentional about this, like bringing people into the team is is a very important step for them in their lives. And if they come, it has to be like very purposeful. So I didn't want to bring more people into the team before we knew that I could provide a purpose for all the, the, these team members to build something great. Um, and so once we were ready to go and hire, um, I just went and hired the top people I could find, but in a very slow way. Um, like we just kept on hiring very, very specific people onto the team and team today. Yes, it's 20 people, but truly we have the firepower of hundreds of people together. Yeah. Cause I mean, how the hell are you dealing with the incoming, you know, six, five, two nines, you know, demands are quite high cause he's got big ambitions based <laughs> on what you're doing. And plus clearly every brand and everybody else is going to be looking at it because, well, we'll come on to Decentraland and others in a bit, but how are you dealing with with that workload? I'm asking these questions selfishly because I'm asking them selfishly because at Real Vision we're thinking, how the hell do we do what we want to do? And seeing you've done it with so few people is incredible. Yeah, I mean, like, it's interesting, and I, I don't think I I think one day I'll have to sit down and really think what went right in the in the management part and and in the culture part. I think we've said what's for sure is that we've we've built a very very special special culture in the team. Every single person, I mean, every single person I work with, I truly admire, and every single person on the team is better at what they do than I am. 
um, at, at what they do, of course. Um, so it, it's, it was pretty easy to hire every single, uh, every single hire in, in the team. Now, the fact that we were born, born in a remote environment and had very managed to make this the, the team very personal, very close without having to see each other just made it very easy for all of us to be super productive, uh, work w- very well together, not step on each other's feet um, and just keep on working and have... I mean, also, I, I think that the fact that this is one of the coolest things we could ever be building and, and just gathered around a team of very good builders to build one of the coolest things to be built right now um, probably helped. Like everyone's addicted with this uh, vision, addicted with the product itself. And I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so much fun that I don't see myself doing any other thing in my free time or not. How long did it take from <laughs> launching in COVID to actually having a working product of some sort where you can show, okay, we've got something here? I mean, like, so we had a we had a product pretty early. Like, we it took us so um, me and and Abla, this other dev I was working with for 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 a bit. Uh, we had a working product for like a virtual gallery because I because I was very close to the world of art. We kind of wanted to like see how we could do that in the browser, um, but it was still a very early version and nothing close to what we have today. And it took us about three weeks, a month of repurposing to make it work for NFTs. Directly launched, and the product was terrible. It was one of the, I mean, I I, I, I don't mean to say it like that because still, like it, it, it was it was good enough for people to come use it initially, but it was very very badly designed. Uh, a lot of things that weren't working. Uh, actually, a very funny story is that one of the things that wasn't working is that we. We went and built this product, and we, we were using the OpenSea API at the time that only gives you thirty requests, thirty assets per request per per, 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 per so per request when you use their API. Um, and Eric Calderon, who's the founder of of uh, Artblocks, more more known as Snowfro, uh, was one of the first users that had more than thirty assets onto one cyber. Um, and one day, I, re- I receive a message where he tells me, "Hey, like I." I've been spending a lot. I've been spending five hundred dollars of gas just so I could build this gallery because your requests don't give me all my assets. And so this is one of the 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 ways we've been building this product is that we go, we put things out, and we try them out. Sometimes, I mean, like we there's very unexpected things to happen. Like someone who has more than thirty assets, and I mean today we have some users that have more than five thousand assets. (laughs) But at the time we had no idea some people could ever own more than thirty NFTs. and just fix that over along the way. So yeah, product was terrible uh, starting up, uh, but we managed to just make the right hires at the right moments in a very magical way. Uh, and every single person, I would we would not be here today without every single person on the team uh, right now. Amazing. And just so people understand, what do you think the crucial difference is between what you're doing and what decentralized, uh, Decentraland, Sandbox, um, crypto voxels are doing because they're very very different experiences. I mean, they just feel like they're fifty years old versus what you've done. Ah, I, I I think all of them have interesting use cases and will have interesting use cases as as this gets built out. Uh, I think one main difference that we have with these companies is that whereas I would categorize them as top to bottom metaverse companies, uh, they have this idea of what this big immersive world should be and just do a lot of different things for that immersive world. And it's an open world actually, and you can walk around, et cetera. We just decided to be a bottom-up metaverse company. And, and instead of having a huge idea of what we want to do, we were completely confident that we had no idea what this metaverse should be. Uh, but we knew that some people had a certain need to do initial stuff in the, in, in the, in, in an immersive web. 
and decided to fulf fulfill those needs. And uh, while starting very small, it was like one small gallery space uh, that, that we designed in a very rushing manner because we only had three days to launch. And anyway, the first space out there, which is still alive, um, it's called Cyber Classic. Um, we decided to start with that and then just build this, this open world from this small space. So for example, when it came to like think about spatial proximity, and that's something we're going to unveil very soon, uh, but already has been worked on and you could see the, 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 the see it in 6529's open like OM or on, in the loot pods or in, in a few a few spaces and on cyber, is that instead of having a huge open world with things next to each other and have like that skeuomor the skeuomorphism there, instead we have portals between spaces. And so instead of yeah, and instead of like spatial proximity in the physical sense, you have spatial proximity, but based on almost HTTP links in a three in, in an immersive way. Um, so I think that that's the best successor to like connecting spaces together and different experiences together. Uh, if you think of each space in OnCyber as an, invi an individual web page, because it is, they are all individual web pages, then the best way to connect those together is through links. Um, and it was exactly my yeah, thought. I don't, I don't see why proximity matters when you can. You've got portals into elsewhere. So, you know, the idea of, well, you should build a house because Snoop Dogg's built something doesn't really make sense because I can leap from anywhere to anywhere because it's, there are no roads. And there is the one idea that is interesting in the spatial proximity side uh, is that, like, I think the metaverse will be a game of shelling points and a few points, a few spaces will attract most of the traffic. Um, so I, I do think that. Um, some some spaces will have some some people will want to be next to certain spaces, whether that's in a physical way or through portals. Like if if uh, you want to be close to a certain place, then you have a portal in there, and you might buy that portal for uh, an amount of money or not, if it's free or whatever. But oh, that's an interesting idea. You could sell the portals as assets. So. Well, I mean, again, and, and these ideas, again, have been, we have a lot of very interesting ideas, a lot of very interesting concepts that weren't there before we arrived. Um, like the fact that I believe we were the first um, to sell architecture as NFTs. So instead of, so we're a completely user generated um, immersive world. We have never created a single asset ourselves. Uh, and like uh, we, we've created Cyber Classic, which I just spoke about, but it's the, a very bad creation. But otherwise, we've never really created the spaces ourselves. Um, and the idea again here is that in order for this um, big immersive world to be created, we want a lot of very interesting, very good architects to be contributing to the to, to, to the to the world. So what we do is that instead of selling land in square meters. Uh, we let these architects put their creations, their scarce, the scarcity behind their creativity and their experience, and they, they, they just transfer that scarcity onto a space that, that becomes scarce. So let's say a big designer comes and creates a big building that people can use and, 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 and mints it in 300 editions. People can go and buy that space. Um, and we have an incentive system for the best architects in the world to come in create the foundations of people's lives in in this immersive world because they'll be able to play around with these spaces and decorate them and curate stuff in it and hold events um and so the land in the end like kind of the world the 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 the, the, the matter itself is created by by design it's, it's design becomes land in a sense um and so that's an interesting way that we've been able to like attract 
the most the coolest possible architects like artifact being one of the designers um but also some others that are in the works that i can't i could speak about but no need um and um and, and we're able to have the just the coolest creations possible fantastic well brilliant i'm really excited to see what you do i know we're going to be building using your technology as well so i'm kind of excited to go on that journey because as i said the moment i saw what you'd done i said i need to speak to you i reached out to you immediately and yeah. said look i really want to talk to you yeah yeah i remember right and i was very very stoked as well so very happy to have done this with you yeah looking forward to the next fantastic one. yeah absolutely i really look forward to it cool thanks so much thank you bye-bye What surprised me the most was actually when I first discovered OnCyber via Punk6529. I just realized that all of the kind of Web3 metaverse experiences were like 20 years old versus what OnCyber just created. And then to learn from Rayan himself that they did it on with about 10 people, I just can't quite believe it. I think the most impactful thing I've learned from this interview is how fast this is moving and how it's almost impossible to know where it's going. I think Ryan's way of looking at it is, let's not try and build a world, because designing a world is complicated, and maybe that world doesn't suit people. But let's create one experience at a time and build the world. Probably shows the way forward, which means we don't know where it's going, and we'll never know, because it just keeps getting built block by block, and each one of those blocks is unique. It's truly extraordinary. Hi. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, I've got a free membership waiting for you. If you want to understand the future of everything, then understanding digital assets is the key. We're not ever going back to a pre-crypto world. Blockchain technology is transforming everything from communities to healthcare to real estate to, well, just about everything. That's why in 2020, we launched Real Vision Crypto, the world's premier cryptocurrency and digital asset video channel. Right now, Real Vision Crypto is helping more than 220,000 members understand the biggest wealth creation opportunities in a generation and maybe of all time. And Real Vision Crypto is completely free. To get your free membership to Real Vision Crypto, please visit www.realvisioncrypto.com. That's www.realvisioncrypto.com.